You're listening to audio provided by Valleydale Church. To find more resources or to donate to this ministry, please check out valleydale.org. One of the things I would say is, if you think through the Bible, and the Bible in its entirety, what does it say? And it's striking you think through the one of the biggest things it talks about is Jesus has one command to give at the very end of his ministry. The very end of his life, he gives one command to us, and it's go and tell, right? Go and tell. I'm one of those that because of our schedules, uh, my wife Beth and I have been unable to go out on a mission, be it a short-term or a long-term mission. So there are other ways that we support missions because you know, we all should be supporting missions. You know, I have to let go of you know, the idea like you say, that missions is all go and missions it's all do because it's not, it's just not what I can do right now, but I can pray. So there's a couple things that are important to mission work. Number one is you need prayer warriors. Mission doesn't happen without prayer warriors. You, you can feel the presence of the prayer warriors when you're on the ground or even before you feel them and you know that they're working. It is important for us to pray, you know, pray that people would have wisdom, that they would have clarity. The people that give make missions possible. So thankful for all people that are involved in the different facets. Uh, so many people associate, I gotta go to serve the mission, and that's not the case. I have every intention of making a mission trip. Beth and I talk about it fairly routinely. But I don't feel like I'm giving any less because I'm not over there with them, because I'm giving here. I'm doing the best I can to serve my God, to serve my Christ, and to serve Valleydale in these missions. Physically, it, does, it doesn't matter what my physical condition is. The most powerful thing I can do is to answer His call. The importance of mission work is say yes, right? Say yes to the calling that God has already placed on you. He doesn't need to call you. It's already done. If God's called you to go, He'll make a provision. You just need to say yes, allow Him to do the work from there. Give of your tithe, give of your time, give of your attention so that you can forward the missionary goals of, of Christ. Go straight back to the Bible. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Everybody good? Awesome. Well, it's great to be with you today. Yes, Kirk Woods already said it. We've, we've already said it numerous times, but this is our kickoff to one mission. And so I hope you're excited. I'm excited for a great week. Our partners, again, will be coming in. And we just got a lot of, of activities and things planned, and it's going to be a great week. Um, this morning, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 12, and we're going to look at the calling of Abraham uh, and we're going to get there. We're going to look at a few passages before we get to Genesis 12. Uh, but you can go ahead and be making your way to Genesis 12. Uh, but know that we will start in a couple of other places. In the, uh, in the book, The Leadership Secrets of Nick Saban by John Talty. Now, Alabama fans, please don't amen right now. Please don't amen right now. Please don't go look for this book right now. No, I'm just kidding. Let me just say this, though. This was painful for an Auburn fan to use an Alabama illustration. That just shows you what I believe is powerful about this illustration. Uh, just hear me and feel the burden with me on that. Uh, but in this book, he tells a story that when Nick Saban got to Alabama, 
He called a meeting in the athletic department. If you worked in the football building when Nick Saban got there, you came to this meeting. Players, uh, you know, all staff, secretaries, janitors, everybody showed up to this meeting. And when he got to this meeting, he walked out to this whole room of people and he said, our mission is to win championships. And we're going to do that by recruiting. If we can recruit, we can win championships. And he said, but this, it's going to take everyone in this room to be able to do the mission that, that we are called to. He says, if, we don't, if the bathrooms are dirty, guess what? No recruits are going to come to this, this campus to play, and we're not going to win championships. If our secretaries don't, win, don't answer the phone in a respectful way, recruits are not going to come, and we will not win championships. He said, our goal is to win championships, and we're all going to have to play a part in that mission. When you think about the Great Commission, this is just as true. God has given us the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And I want to read it for you. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That is our mission that God has given us. You know, I read a statistic that over 51% of Christians don't even know that, that, what that passage is. If you ask them where the Great Commission is, they could not tell you that is where it is. But this is our mission. Think about this. This was Jesus' last words that he gave to his disciples, to us, before he went to go be with the Father. I heard a pastor say this, that last words are lasting words. If you are a Christian, you have been called to the Great Commission. We're all called to make disciples of all nations. We all must play our part. Our part, if you notice the video, our part may look differently than others. It may look differently in our lives at different times, but we all have a part to play. And in order to do that, we must play our part. But in order for us to play our part for a church, Valleydale Church, to be on mission, we must all, every single one of us, must be kingdom-minded. I want to show you something. Uh, if you have your Bibles, go to the very beginning of the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, verse 3. And I'm going to read it for you. And he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. This is talking about Jesus. Jesus' last days on this earth before he went to go be with the Father, he, was, he spent those last days doing what? Preaching the kingdom of God. Jesus was kingdom-minded. Now I want, you to stop, I want you to go there and go all the way to the end of the book of Acts. In chapter 28, verses 30 and 31. So go all the way to the end of the book of Acts. This is the life of Paul. Listen to what it says. And he lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus with all boldness and without hindrance. 
How did Paul spend his last days on this earth? Preaching the kingdom of God. Paul was kingdom-minded. And if you read through the book of Acts, you see the gospel spread and spread rapidly. Why? Because the book starts with kingdom focus. It ends with being kingdom focused. And all through the book of Acts, we see disciples of Jesus being kingdom-minded. In the book, The Shaping of Things to Come, by Michael Frost and Alan Herschel, they say this, Missions is not merely an activity of the church. It's the very heartbeat and work of God. God is ascending God with the desire to see humankind and creation reconciled, redeemed, and healed. The missional church then is a sent church. It's a going church. A movement of God through his people sent to bring healing to a broken world. The existing church, which is invariably static, rooted in one place, institutionalized, needs to recover its sentness in order to become the missional church. Church, if we want God to work through Valleydale and for Valleydale to be a missional church, to be kingdom-minded, we must all be kingdom-minded. We must be a kingdom minded church. It cannot be just a few of us. It cannot just be the staff or the elders. It's got to be every single one of us that's in this church. How can we be kingdom-minded? In order to answer this question, we're going to look at the calling of Abraham. And as we look at these four verses, I want us to see three truths that we see about Abraham and his calling that can show us how to be kingdom-minded. I'm going to give you a little background in this story. In the very beginning of the Bible, God created Adam and Eve, and he put them in this beautiful garden, and he gave them everything that they needed, and he told them to be fruitful and to multiply. But what happened? They, uh, instead of spreading God's image across the creation or his glory, they brought sin into the world when they disobeyed God. And sin came into the world, turning God's world upside down. But God comes to them, and in Genesis 3.15, he promises them that one day he will send a redeemer who will come and make right what sin would make wrong. And what we see after this is sin started to continue to stain God's creation. In chapter 4, Cain killed Abel. In chapter 6, we see increased corruption in the world, increased sin, that God would bring a, a flood to destroy all mankind. But this did not stop sin in the world, we continue to see sin grow. In chapter 11, uh, we see the people, they got together and they wanted to make a name for themselves. Instead of loving God and exalting him, they loved themselves and they exalted themselves. And if you put yourself back in that time, you have to be asking yourself, what would God do? Right? Would God fulfill his promise that he made to Adam and Eve in Genesis 3.15? Is there hope in the world? And the truth is, amongst all this sin, God was continuing to work. He was still continuing to lay out his plan to save the world. But it would come not in the way that you and I would ever think of. As sin was corrupting the world, God's redemption plan was starting all the way in a pagan land in Ur, and calling of a pagan worshiper named Abram. In Genesis 12, God comes to this man, and he makes a covenant with him, and he tells them that, he will, that he's going to send you to a place that I will show you. And then he tells Abraham that through him, I will make you a great nation. 
Through you, I will bless all the nations. Through this man, God would usher in a new people, a new nation, and a new kingdom. This covenant would ultimately be fulfilled by Jesus. Through Abraham would come Isaac and then Jacob. And through Jacob would come the nation of Israel. And through the nation of Israel would come the Messiah, Jesus, the Savior of the world. Who would come, he would die on the cross to save both Jews and Gentiles. To bring salvation to the nations. This is the promise. This is what God had promised he was going to do. And he starts his movement, the Great Commission, really not in the book of Matthew in the New Testament, but all the way in the Old Testament in the calling of Abraham. And so here's the first point I want us to see. Kingdom-minded comes through our intimacy with God. Look at verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Notice the way this starts. The very first thing we see is the Lord said. God spoke to Abraham and he told him to go from your country, from everything that you knew, and go to this land. Not, he didn't even tell Abraham. He just said, I'm gonna, you're going to go to this land that I will show you. And he tells him to go. John Calvin says this. Basically, God was telling Abram, I command you to go forth with closed eyes and forbid you to inquire where I'm about to lead you. And so having renounced your country, you shall have given yourself wholly to me. See, right before chapter 12 is verse 11. And that's the story of Babel where the people would come together to build a name for themselves, to build a kingdom for themselves. But this was not about Abraham or his family. This was about God. This was about God's kingdom. And I believe the reason Abraham would listen to God and be obedient to what God was calling him to do is because he first had intimacy with God. As we look at the life of Abraham, we see that he spent time with God, and he had intimacy with God. He wasn't a perfect man. He had his moments. He had his his disobedient times, his wavering faith. But overall, he had intimacy, sorry, with God. Look at Genesis 12, 8. And he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Genesis 13, 4. And there Abraham called upon the name of the Lord. Genesis 17, 1, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, Genesis 18, 1, and the Lord appeared to him. James 2, 23, Abraham was called a friend of God. I believe the reason that Abraham was kingdom focused, kingdom minded, was because again, he had intimacy with God. He spent time with the Lord. And if we want to be kingdom minded, church, we have to be a church that is intimate with God. I heard a pastor say this, God will never use you publicly until he tutors you privately. Intimacy we see with God is how we come to know him and deepen our relationship with him. The more we spend time with God, the more we love him. And the more we love him, the more we have a desire to live in the way that he wants us to. Not because we have to, but because we want to. Intimacy with God gives us wisdom and direction. By spending time with God, Abraham was given a direction. He was called to go, right? God called him to go. He was given direction. And again, we're all called to the Great Commission. We're all called differently, but we're all called to the Great Commission. Think about the video. 
The people in the video, they were all called in different ways, but they all were obedient in what God was calling them to do. Some people are called, are able to go, and they're called to go, and they need to go. Some people are not able to go, but they can give. Some people are not able to go, but they can pray. And some people can stay back and we can sin. And here's the thing, no matter if you can go or not go, short-term or long-term, we can all stay back right here and make disciples. Don't get me wrong, some people, or a lot of us will be called to go to make disciples. And we, we can go and we must go. But some people may not be able to go and that's okay. You still have things that God is calling you to do. In our church here, we have a group, we have a life group. You know what they do? They provide eyeglasses for one of our trips to Moldova. So when these people come, they can get eyeglasses as they hear the gospel. Some, we have ladies here that make scarves for them so that when the ladies come and they hear the gospel, they can give them a needed scarf. We have a group that's investing in our ESL program right here in our building. And God is bringing the nations right here in that program. We have people here investing in them. We have a group of people investing in the lives of boys and girls in the foster system every month right here in our church. I could go on and on and on about the stories of people and what people are doing in this church. But here's the point that I want to make again. We're all called to the Great Commission. Every one of you are called. Even though you may be called in different ways, we're all called. But we must seek the Lord to know what he's calling us to do. You must seek the Lord and what he's calling and has gifted you to do. And the only way we can do that, the only way that you can do that is through intimacy with him. Intimacy with God is what fuels our mission. Why did Abraham go? Why did he have a desire to go? Because of his intimacy with God. If we want to have a desire to fulfill the Great Commission, then it must come through our intimacy with God. See, our first priority, our first priority as Christian, it's not to go and do. We often think that, that the Christian life is about doing, it's about doing. But ultimately what God calls us to is to be with him. In Mark 3, I want you to listen to Mark 3 verse 14. We've probably read it. You may even know it by heart, but I want you to listen to it. And he appointed 12 so they might be with him and he might send them out to preach. Now, when we read that verse, a lot of times we go straight to the preaching. That's what, that's what God's called me to do. He's called me to go and do. That's not what the text says. The text says our role as disciples is what? To be with him. And Jesus is the one that sends us out to preach. Vance Pittman says this, we need to understand that being with Jesus is the ultimate pursuit of our lives. Being with Jesus always comes before doing anything. Doing flows from being, not the other way around. Our priority is to be, and if we be, then Jesus will lead us to do. The truth is, it's Jesus is the one who does all the work. Jesus will work through us. All we have to do is spend time with him and be obedient. God will work through our lives through our intimacy with him. Valleydale Church, if we want God to work through us, it has to come through our intimacy with him. So here's some questions that you need to ask that we need to ask ourselves. How is your intimacy with God? Are you spending time with him daily? Church, 
How is our intimacy with God? Are we a church that loves God and loves his word? The truth is, again, if we want to be a church that's passionate about getting the Great Commission and fulfilling it, taking, making disciples all over the world, then we must be a church that's passionate about God and his word. Here's the second truth. Kingdom-minded comes through our dependency on God. Look at verse 2 and 3. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whom you dishonor you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Billy Graham said this, that whatever God calls you to, he will always also give you the grace needed to sustain you. See, we cannot and we must not depend on ourselves. We must depend on God. So I want you to see some things going on in this verse, these two verses. I want you to see what God is doing. I want you to look at all the eyes. God says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. Abraham is not doing anything. He's just depending on God and trusting in God. God is doing all the work. God is basically telling Abraham to trust me and hang on for the ride. That he will provide for him and all his needs. In Matthew 16, Jesus tells his disciples, and he ultimately tells us too, that he, not us, he will build his church. Jesus did not say that we go and build his church. He would send us and he will build his church. It's all about Jesus. Jesus is the one who came. Jesus is the one who lived a perfect life. Jesus is the one who died on the cross. He is the one who rose from the dead. He is the one who gave us salvation. He is the one who is alive on the throne. He is the one who will build his church. Jesus is the one who gave us the great commission. He is the one who sends the spirit to empower us for the great commission. And he is the one who will send us out and make us fishers of men. He is the one who's coming back. He is the one who will destroy the wicked, gather his people, and usher in his kingdom forever. Jesus is the one who's doing all the work. Our only job is to trust him and depend on him and hang on and buckle up. But here's the truth that we need to understand, church. God will fulfill his mission with or without us. What if Abraham had not obeyed? Do you think that would have stopped God's plan? Not at all. God told Abraham, I want to fulfill this mission through you. I want to make you a great nation. I want to bless the nations through you. And I want to make you a blessing, but I will do it with or without you, Abraham. But notice, he wants to use Abraham so that he can bless Abraham. See, God does not need us. He could do anything he wants to do to get the Great Commission. He could shout it from the heaven tops. He could write John 6, 3.16 in the sky. But God in his sovereignty has chosen us, his people, for his mission. Think about this, church. God Almighty has given us the opportunity to join him in his work in this city and around the world. I just went to a conference this week, an admissions conference, 
And I got to hear of amazing things that God is doing all over the world. I wish I could have recorded it, and I wish you could all hear the things that I heard of what God is doing all over the world. God is drawing people to himself all over the world, and it's awesome to see. But here's the thing they kept saying over and over. We get to be a part of what God is doing. That should excite us. God doesn't need us, but he chooses to use us. So he could do, he could, he could fill his mission with us or without us. He doesn't need Valleydale Church, but he wants to use Valleydale Church. He wants to bless us. So again, what if Abraham did not go? He would have missed out on the blessing. What if we don't go? We will miss out on the blessing. I want to show you something. In Genesis 11, we see that, that Abraham's family, Terah and Abraham's father, he took his family all the way from Ur, all the way to, the, was heading to the land of Canaan. But when they got to Haran, they settled there. Now we get to Genesis 12, and we see that God calls Abraham to go from this land. And then some scholars believe that Abraham was called after his father died, but I don't believe that's the truth. In Genesis 15, 7, listen to this. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. Nehemiah 9, 7, you are the Lord, the God who chose Abraham and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and gave him the name Abraham. Here's the point. See, God seems to have called Abraham and his family in Ur while they were there before they left and settled in Haran. And while in Haran, Terah, his father, died, it seems that when they got to Haran that they stopped. They didn't want to keep going. But what if he would have continued? What if his father would have continued on with Abraham? Think about the blessing that his father would have received. Think about the blessing that his father missed. And what if Abraham would have settled there as well and never went to the land that God was showing him? See, God's plan did not stop, but his father, Abraham's father, missed the blessing. Church, don't miss out on the blessing. Valuedale Church, don't miss out on the blessing that God wants to give us as he works through us. All we need to do, church, is depend on God, trust him, to trust that he will go with us and he will provide us all that we need. See, Abraham didn't know where he was going or what was going to happen. All he knew no, he needed to do was depend on God and trust him. And all we need to do is trust and depend on God and God will do the rest. Again, Jesus will build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail, which means the gospel and the kingdom of God cannot be stopped. This is the beauty of the gospel that Jesus cannot be stopped. The kingdom of God cannot be stopped and we cannot be stopped. All we need to do is trust and depend on God. See, God has given us all that we need to fulfill his mission. He's given us the Holy Spirit, God himself who dwells in us. The Spirit will lead us and guide us and will empower us to be able to go and do what God has called us to do. Will it be easy? No. 
Will there be sacrifice? Absolutely. But all we need to do is depend and trust in God. So here's some questions that we need to ask. Are we depending on God? Are we trusting in him individually and as a church? Do we believe we can depend on him to do what he's called us to do? Do we believe he's given us all that we need? Do we believe that when we go, we go with his presence and his power through the Spirit? Do we trust and depend on God even when we know what he's not calling? We don't know what he's going to call us to do or where he's going to call us to go. Do we trust him? And here's the third one. Kingdom-minded comes through our obedience. Look at verse 4. So Abraham or Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So I want you to see this progression. Abraham first hears from God. He's given direction. He was given what God was calling him to do. He depended on God. He trusted in God. And through his intimacy and his dependency on God, what did he do? He was obedient to God. It says there, Abraham went. He didn't know where he was going, but he went. He obeyed. He did what God was calling him to do. This was a total surrender by Abraham. He was giving up everything, everything that he was comfortable with. He was giving up, and he was risking everything to go and be with God, but he was obedient. Genesis twenty two eighteen says this, And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. In Hebrews eleven eight 8 through 10, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was received as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking to the city that had foundations, whose designer and builder is God. See, Abraham knew what God was calling him to do, and he trusted God. He depended on God, and again, he was obedient. See, the book of James, I love the book of James. James gets right to the point, if you ever study that book. And James tells us this, be, don't be just hearers of the word, be what? Doers of the word. See, it's not all about spending time with God. It's not just about depending on God and knowing what he's calling us to do. It is actually about what? Going and doing it. It's being obedient. It's total surrender to God. It's getting out of our comfort zone and giving it all over to God. See, I think one of the problems in churches and Christians today is that we pack our brains with so much knowledge that we know the Bible, we know the Great Commission, we know what we're supposed to do, and we sit around and we talk about it and we study it. But here's the thing, we're not living it out. We're not being obedient. Let me ask you, let me think about this. What if you're watching a football game, all right? You're watching a football game, the, the offense, they huddle up, you know, they cut up, they call the play, they break, and right before the quarterback snaps the ball to run the play, they all run up into the stands. What would you think? What are they doing? What, I mean, what, what, what are they doing? Why? Because what's their job? 
run the play, right? Their job is to run the play. And here's the thing. God has given us the great commission and he's told us what to do. He's given us everything that we need. And now what is our job? Run the play. Be obedient and actually go and do what God is calling us to do. See, God did not save us to put us on the sidelines. He saved us to be in the game, the mission that he has given us. See, Abraham knew what God was calling him to do. He knew it was not about, all about him, but it was about God. He did not know where God was leading him. He did not know what would lie ahead, but he trusted, he depended, and he was obedient. Church, it's not about us. It's not about our needs and our desires. It's not about our personal kingdom. It's about God in his kingdom. And like Abraham, we may not know where God is leading us. We may not know what he's calling us to do. We may not know how hard it will be. We don't know how much we will have to sacrifice. But what we do know is that we can trust and depend on God, and we must be obedient to do what he's calling us to do. If you ever read anything about missionary biographies like Adoniram Judson or, or Jordan Patton or William Carey or Lottie Moon, and there's many others, why did they go and sacrifice so greatly for the gospel? Because it was not about them. It was all about God. It wasn't about their comfort and their kingdom. It was about God and his calling and his kingdom. That's why they went. And the truth is we must be obedient to God. We must trust him, depend on him, not knowing how hard it will be, but we must be willing to sacrifice whatever he's calling us to do because, again, it's not about you and me. It's about God and his kingdom. Are you trusting in the Lord? Are you depending on him? Are you being obedient to what God is calling you to do? Valleydale, are we being obedient to what God is calling us to do? Are we being kingdom-minded? Here's a hard question. Are we living out a Genesis 11 life and building our own kingdom? Or are we living out a Genesis 12 life, building God's kingdom? Church, God has called us to the Great Commission. He's given us the mission. He's given us all that we need, and we all have a part to play. And we must all do our part. Will it be easy? Absolutely not. Will it be a sacrifice? Yes. Will it be worth it? Absolutely. But in order to, to do what God has called us, we must be kingdom-minded. And we must ask ourselves, will we play our part? Will we be obedient to what God is calling us to do? Are we willing, are you and I willing to put our yes on the table? Are we willing to say to the Lord, Lord, I will do whatever you call me to do, and I will go wherever you call me to go? I may not know, Lord, where you're calling me. I may not know how hard it will be. I may not know how much sacrifice I will make, but my yes is on the table. I trust you and I depend on you, and I will be obedient to you. I want you to take a look at the screen. So next week is our Commitment Sunday, but we wanted to roll this out for you today because we want you to be praying, and we want you to be thinking about something. Here's what we want. 
Again, we all play a part. And we want you to look up here. And we want you to see what, where are you currently at in your stage of life when it comes to what God is calling you to do. Are you praying for Valleydale missions? Maybe you're doing that. Maybe you're not. Are you giving up my time, treasures, and talents? Are you giving to this church? You know, 17 or 18% of our budget goes to missions work. Are you giving to the church? Maybe you're giving to the church and you want to give more to help other people go. Maybe you're already doing that. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're serving locally. Maybe you are using some type of talent that God has given you for missions. Or maybe you have, are going on mission trips. Maybe you have been on mission trips, rather short-term. Maybe you've gone on mid-term, long-term. Whatever it is that you may have done already. Or maybe, again, you may feel called to go, not just short-term, not just for a week, but for maybe a month or two, or maybe a year or two. Or maybe God's calling you to go for a long time. The question is, look up here and ask yourself, where are you currently at in your walk with the Lord when it comes to what he's calling you to do with missions. Now, here's what we want you to be in prayer for this week. Next Sunday, again, we call it our Commitment Sunday. That's where we're going to be asking you where God is calling you when it comes to missions. And so we want you to look at where you're at today. Be praying about this. And we want, you to, we want to help you take your next step. What is your next step? Maybe my next step is just praying. Hey, I've never really prayed for missions, and maybe that's my next step. We want to help you be able to do that. Maybe, hey, maybe you've praying, everything is great with that, and I hope everybody here is already praying. But maybe your next step is, I want to serve locally. There, there's ministries in this church, there's ministries around this city that we can plug you into. Maybe that's what God is calling you to do. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe your next step is giving to this church. Some of you may not be giving to this church. Maybe that's your next step, because again, portion of your money goes to missions. Hey, maybe God's blessed you. Maybe you are giving and you want to give on top of that to help people go. Maybe that's what God's calling you to do this year. Or maybe you feel called to use some type of talent. Again, we have a lot of people that are using their talents for missions. Maybe that's what God is calling you to do. Maybe he's calling you to go short-term. I've never been on a mission trip. Maybe you're asking yourself that. Maybe 24 is the year that God is calling you to go on a short-term trip. Or maybe, just maybe God's calling you to do long-term, mid-term or long-term. The point is this. We want to know where you're at, what is your next step, and then we want to come alongside you as a church, and we want to equip you, and we want to help you be able to do what God is calling you to do. Because again, at the end of the day, it's what? It's about being obedient. Trusting in the Lord, depending on Him, and being obedient. Church, I'm going to um, ask you to stand, and we're going to go into a response time. And um, during this time, I just want you to just bow your heads. We're going to spend some time in prayer this morning. And uh, if you're here and you've just walked through this, we want you to be thinking about where are you currently at in your life when it comes to what God may be calling you to do with missions. Ask yourself, ask God right now what he's calling you to do. And we want you to spend time in prayer this morning about that. Again, next week, we're going to ask you to make a commitment, not to Valleydale. Yes, that may be a little bit of it, but this is ultimately a commitment to God. 
And we want to help you be able to be obedient. And we want you to spend time in prayer this morning. You can pray right where you're at. You can pray together. You can come to the altar and pray this morning. Because here's the thing. If the Great Commission is as serious as we know it is, if the good news of the gospel is as good as we know it is, then we should have a passion in our hearts to get the gospel outside the walls of these churches into our community and around the world. And we need prayer to do that. And so please use this opportunity this morning to be praying, be asking God, where are you calling me to do when it comes to missions, when it comes to fulfilling the Great Commission? You know, maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. My prayer is, is that you have heard this message and you hear the heart of our God when it comes to lost people that you've heard our, the heart of our Lord to save people. And I pray that you would make today that day that you answer the call that God is stirring on your heart to give your life to Him. I will be up here. Please come. Please don't leave here with any questions not answered. Please don't leave here without talking to someone about salvation. And we want to again just use this opportunity this morning let's spend time praying not only for missions not only what God's called us to do but let's get on our knees and weep for the lost in this world because only prayer only the gospel will save a lost and dying world and we're going to spend some time as we sing and I want you to spend time with the Lord in all this and we pray that in Jesus name amen Thank you for listening to this recording from Valleydale Church. To find more or to connect with us about what you just heard, check us out at valleydale.org.